Jesus in the house. Amen. Amen. Let's take our seat. I want you to bring me down. I'm too hungry. Just want to praise you. and singers at the end of the service. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you today. Have your way with us. Establish your purpose in this atmosphere. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody shout a big amen. Somebody shout a big amen. Somebody have tempered with the tuning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Amen. In Isaiah chapter 40. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 40. In the book of Isaiah chapter 40. Verse 28 to 31. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 28 to 31. The Bible said, do you not know? Do you not know? Do you know? They said, have you never heard have you never understand we have the same translation but it said do you not know have you not heard the lord is the everlasting god the creator of the ends of the earth he will not grow tired or weary 
And his understanding, no one can phantom. He gives strength to the weary, and he increases strength of the weak. Even the youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on the wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Hallelujah. The King James of the verse number 30 of the same chapter says. Let me have the King James. Thank you, Jesus. It said, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Look at the face of your neighbor and say, neighbor, wait upon the Lord. Amen. I started this series last week and I ministered on the subject, making prayer a lifestyle. Today I am talking on the subtitle, Making fasting a lifestyle. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Making, put, let's forget about the fact that we know about fasting. Put it aside. There is a scripture that I saw that is changing my life repetitively. It is changing my life in an unstoppable way. I didn't give it to the technical team, but in Joshua chapter 1, verse 28. Praise God. Sorry, I didn't give it to you. Look at what the Bible says. Was this right? Thank you. Verse Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Now, look at me. There are things that are outcomes. If you want to change them, you change what causes them to happen. You see this keyboard is here. The sound you are hearing is the accumulation of an activity that I've taken or that I've preceded before you heard the sound. So the sound is the outcome of practice. Is the outcome of learning. So if you are worried about the sound you are hearing and you want to change it, you can't change it because it's an outcome. In Joshua chapter 1, look at what the Bible says. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate upon it day and night. These are things you are investing into it. That thou mayest observe to do according to to all that is written therein. So when you place the word of God upon your map and you meditate upon it day and night, it prepares you to observe it. And when you observe it, it produces an outcome. It says, For then thou shalt make thy way world prosperous. So to make thy way prosperous, you don't just desire for it. To make that, he said, that shall make 
And he said, what? Thou shalt have what? Good success. Success is an outcome. It's not an, it's not an activity. When you engage in certain activity, it produces success. And one of the things we have to understand as Christians is that if you want to... Some people say, I want to do the will of God. I want to walk in the will of God. I want to obey God. Obeying God doesn't just happen. Praise the Lord. It doesn't work. It doesn't just happen. If you want to make your way successful, there are activities that precede the outcome you are looking for. Now, I want you to understand that when we were talking about forgiveness, forgiveness is a spiritual act. If it is a spiritual act, it doesn't matter how many forgiveness subjects you hear, you cannot produce that outcome. Forgiveness is an outcome. Tell your neighbor, forgiveness is an outcome. Come on, be with me. I've got a long way to go. Be with me. I have a flight. Now, if you want to walk in forgiveness as we learned, forgiveness, no amount of no amount of you dreaming about it will walk, make you walk in forgiveness. It is an attitude that is exhibited after something has entered into you. It is an input that determines the output. The output of your life is what is called forgiveness. So if you want to forgive somebody, it doesn't just happen. I'm going somewhere, be with me. It doesn't just work. How many of you have you heard about forgiveness? But there are times you encounter some things you find it difficult to forgive your neighbor. And I've heard people saying this. I will never forgive you. And anytime you become a victim of people who say I will never forgive you, get to know that you are in, in, the, in the trouble that you need forgiveness yourself. Praise the Lord. So to what, I dis- what we, talk, we spoke about last week, we spoke about prayer, and I told you that prayer must be made a lifestyle. You talk about the cross, the cross is just the fruit of an investment. What was the investment? You, you will see the investment in Gethsemane. It is the result of pain. When you hear about the cross, the cross is an outcome. Jesus got to the cross because he has invested in some things and he produces a cross. So anything that is a Christian attitude, it doesn't just happen. Praise God. I'm going somewhere. I have a long way. Last week, we looked at the dynamics of prayer. Say dynamics of prayer. When we say dynamics, we mean the forces or properties which stimulate, stimulate growth, development, or change within system or process. So these are stimulants. They stimul- it stimulates you to grow. These are sti- when I talk about the dynamics, I'm referring to the thing that stimulates your growth and development and change within your system and process. And I gave you three points of the dynamics of prayer. I said that prayer, one of the dynamics is we have what we call the initiation prayer. And initiation prayer, anything you initiate yourself in, for you to have the outcome expected by Jehovah, you have to pray into it. 
if you don't engage in prayer, something can alterate the, the something can alterate the result expected within it. So we the Christ, the believer, it is not starting that is a, a problem for most Christians, but the sustainability. Say sustainability. Say sustenance. Then we come to the second point, which means that we come to the sustaining capacity. When you initiate yourself, the second level of prayer, the believer must consciously, it is not an option. It is not what? An option. It is something you must do. If you don't do, it produces an outcome. And the second one I, I spoke about was that sustaining prayer, or what we call the recharge prayer. There are things we start but God wants us to continue. The Bible said that Jesus Christ didn't have a problem to be born in a manger. The Bible said he never had a problem healing the sick and raising the dead. But the Bible said that when it got to the time of the purpose, the Bible said for this purpose, the son of man was bettered, was given better that he must be crucified and die on the cross. And when he got to the point of the purpose, the Bible said he felt like giving up. And what gave him the strength to go to the point for his death? The Bible said it was a sustaining prayer. And in Gethsemane, the Bible said when he prayed, he was strengthened. I pray that you will receive strength. I pray that you will receive strength. The third one I spoke about was concluding prayer or what we call the finishing prayer. And I told you that Jesus, when he was on the cross, he said, Father, unto thy hands I commit my spirit. It's a prayer. Praise God. Let me stick to the pulpit, otherwise I'll not finish. Amen. From the dynamics, we understand that prayer is not an option, but a necessity. Listen, you can joke around with your Christian life. If you want to have a, um, if you think Christianity is all about coming to church, it's not about coming to church. It's not about holding your Bible. It's about reflecting the glory of God, being a custody, being carried in the glory of God. Manifest. The Bible said that they beheld his glory. The only begotten, they beheld his glory. And when men begin to see the glory of God emanating, manifesting in your life, they begin to give glory unto your Father. So the three dynamics of prayer, the initiation prayer, the sustaining prayer, and the finishing prayer, it is important because it helps you to reveal the glory of God. Also, it is... Be, it is believers' way of engaging divinity in the affairs of humanity. That is what prayer does. So there are things that you have to engage heavily properties, heavily resources. When you go through humanity without that empowerment from heaven, you will stop in the process. That is why I want you to understand that things are not going the way they ought to go. Not because they can't go that way, but because you have not enforced heavily command on them. I pray that today, anything that needs heavily reinforcement, it coming into your life. Prayer is a believer's weapon in shaping things in our life to reveal the glory of God. It's shaping things. So if you are, listen, no, nothing can substitute, not even your phone can substitute it. This is not, this is, this cannot be substituted for anything. Hallelujah. 
So I spoke about prayer. And this is not an, op- it's not an option. It is a must. It doesn't matter whether you work 24 hours. Or you have a child or you don't have a child. Or your work is busier than mine. It is not an option. If your work is busier than mine and you don't pray. You cannot enjoy the pleasure that comes from prayer. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Say power. Jesus Christ was at a point where he had five loaves of bread and two fishes. And he is a man of prayer. He replicated and duplicated it. Because he's a man of prayer. There is something in your hands that can be multiplied by the power of prayer. And I pray that whatever God has placed in your hand, prayer will multiply it. You didn't hear what I said. I said prayer will multiply it. Today I want to talk about making fasting a lifestyle. Then we ask the question, what is fasting? Fasting is a willful sustain, uh, abstinence from natural pleasure for a spiritual purpose. Look, there are some things you have used three days to do. That you could have invested 30 minutes of prayer and used one hour to get the same thing. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? There is something you have used three months, two years to achieve. That you could have invested one week of prayer. And fasting into it. And you would have changed something that have taken three years. And make it three days in your life. But because you enjoy working. You enjoy Laboring. The Bible said there is he that labors day and night. And hasn't got anything to show. Prayer was given to you by the word of God. He gave you that weapon to use. I pray that prayer will produce results for you. So we talk about fasting. Abstaining from natural pleasures. For a spiritual purpose. Fasting is a personal commitment. To renounce the natural, to invoke the spiritual. Fasting is the period set aside to devote oneself to spiritual priority. To spiritual word, priority. Of prayer without, and prayer without food. Look at me. When you abstain and you fast, there are some things prayer can do, but there are some things prayer and fasting can what can do. The Bible says Jesus came to meet him and says, "Such ones does not go away like this. It goes away with what prayer and fasting." In Matthew chapter six, Matthew chapter six. Verse 5 to 6. It was surprise you. I was talking to one elderly man yesterday. I had a meeting with him. I was so blessed. My man of God. And I was having a chat with him. And we were saying that. Gone were those days when our fathers. 
lock themselves and go on pr- in prayer camps. They lock themselves in prayer camps. Regardless of their business and their responsibility, they lock themselves in places and they fast and they pray. And when they come out, results begin to manifest. But in our generation, we say we have no time. If you have no time to fast and pray, then you have no time to receive the benefit that it produces. Praise the Lord. What the devil have done is to tell you that this weapon, you can't partake in it. Because there are so many things you have to deal with. But I pray that today, this two months ahead of you, is about to produce results. Because we are about to pray and fast. And I pray that what the Levim 10 months could not produce, may the two months produce for you in the name of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 6, it said that, and when you pray, it said, when you pray, it said, do not be like the hypocrite, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues. And on the street corner, to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, but when you are, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father, who is unseen. Look at what he says. He said, then... Come on, say then. Your father who sees what is done in the secret will reward you all. He said, will reward you. I like another translation. Say, will reward you openly. So there is a level of reward that comes openly as a result of something done secretly. If you have not done what is done in the secret, you can't carry what is done, what it manifests in the public. Now, this tells you that we must pray. That is why we spoke about it last week. It must become a lifestyle. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 to 18, look at what it says. It said, when you fast, you must fast. It said, do not look sober as the hypocrite do. For they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. But when you fast. But when you all fast. He said put oil on your head. And wash your face. So that if. So that it will not be obvious to men. That you are fasting. But only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you amen so it means that jesus is telling you you have to become a fasting machine i'll prove to you in a minute you must fast tell your neighbor you have to fast why must i fast there are some things that are spiritual that only manifest after you engage in spiritual activity. And I pray that today you will have result in your life. Fasting is one of the ways God has given us as Christians 
to humble our soul. When I talk about humbling your soul, I, I would explain it to you. One of the things that is causing a lot of problems in the Christendom is pride. Do you know that God never said, I will humble you. God never said he will humble us. There is no scripture in the Bible that says that God said he will humble you. He said God rather told us to humble ourselves. And humbling yourself is not buying it from Tesco and wearing it like a hat or a dress. But it is something that you apply some spiritual principle. Praise the Lord. Rather, God said in Luke chapter 14, verse 11, it said, For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. This one is a mathematical equation. Hallelujah. I'll finish this today. Say mathematical equation. There is nobody who is not humble. Do you believe that? I read it right now. Look at what he said. For everyone who exhort themselves will be what? Come on, be with me, somebody. Everyone who exhort themselves will be what? First one. He who humble himself will be what? So everybody you meet is humble. Come on, teacher. Be with me, somebody. Everybody you meet is what? If I meet you and you have not humbled yourself, something humbles you. And if I meet you and you have humbled yourself, something exalts you. Not everybody is exalted. But the one who has what? Humbled himself. I thought you put your hands together there, somebody. The blessing comes when you do it yourself. When somebody does it to you, you are not rewarded. That is why he said that when you go to a party and you go and there's a high table there, he said, go go and sit at the high table. Go to the back. When you do that, they'll bring you, there is only one place for you to go. It's up. In James chapter 4 verse 10, the Bible says, humble yourself before the Lord. Humble yourself before the Lord. And he will lift you all. That is the biggest, one of the biggest problems, not just earthly, but heavenly. In, Re- in Revelation chapter 12, we saw that even in heaven, pride was there. Somebody used the word, you are too braggadocious. You are too pompous. You are too self-centered. You are too arrogant. Humble yourself and God will lift you up. Lucifer exalted himself. And he was humbled. While Jesus humbled himself. And he was exalted. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 6 to 11. The Bible says. Who being in the form of God. Taught it not robbery to, e- to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation. And took upon him the form of a servant. And, for, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even the death on the cross. Wherefore God also has 
highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and everything in heaven and everything on the earth and everything under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. Today when you see the name Jesus mentioned and every knee is bowing, there is an activity that contributes to that. Come and say power in fasting. In Psalm 35 verse 13, the Bible said, it said, but as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with what? With fasting. And my prayer returned into my own bosom. I like what the NIV say. It says, yet when they were ill, I put on sackcloth. I humbled myself in fasting. I humbled myself in fasting. When my prayer returned to me on answers, precious one, there is a chain doesn't come because you put on a sackcloth. When you go before God and you wear sackcloth, it is a sign that you are in pain, you are in anguish. But when you begin to fast, it provokes heaven for change. Let me just, I want to just because of time. When you fast, we are trapati, the body, we, have a, we are spirit. In the body, or we have uh, we are spirit with a soul in the body. Okay, the soul is the premise we use to humble ourselves. Say to your neighbor, humble yourself. Say, humble yourself. The soul is the ego. It's made up of three functions. The intellect. When we say intellect, we are referring to the faculty of reasoning and understanding objectively, especially with regards to abstract matters. Or we can say that intellect is a person's mental power. Then we have what we call the will. The will of a man is used to express desire, choice, willingness, consent, or in negative constructions, refusal. Or we can term it something we call, it's used, your will is used to express your futurity. It, 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 it gives you a future. And that is what I'm referring here as your willpower. Say willpower. Now we have what we call the emotion, the last part, which is a conscious mental reaction, such as fear, subjectively expressed as a strong feeling, usually directed towards a specific objective or typically accompanied by psychological or and behavioral changes in the body or what what i would co- consider your emotion to be the state of your feeling now if we allow our feelings to go haywire when we allow our feelings not to be managed by god through one of the one of the weapons of humbling our soul is when you fast. When you are somebody who doesn't fast, you expose yourself to the physical realm. 
When you humble yourself, you connect your, 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 your mindset. You connect, you connect your what? Your intellect. There are some people who don't fast and they are intellectually inclined and therefore they have loose consciousness of heaven. There are some of you that will, your desire in life is not moderated by heaven. That is why Jesus said, when Jesus was teaching us how to pray, he said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have to mandate our body. We have to mandate our soul to be acquiesced, to be equal to the things of God. Now, when you are a believer and your will, when you begin to pray, prayer is powerful. When you pray, you have a will. That is why the Bible said the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. There is a will in your heart and that will must be spiritually uh, must be spiritually inclined or must be spiritually seasoned. So when you become, when your desire becomes spiritually seasoned, it begins to connect with heaven and heaven begins to respond upon your need. Now, fasting brings you, oh, it should bring your soul into a place of subjection. Because the world in which we are in, the devil wants you to have uncontrollable soul. When I talk about your soul, I'm referring to your will. The, will, the things you are willing for in your life are not connected to heavenly purpose. That is why there is somebody who has gained so much in their life, but he's always desiring for more. He's not having consciousness of what God says about this situation. The soul is a determinant of what we want, what we think, and what we feel. The reason why I told you that forgiveness is, it, it only happens because of the way you think. And the way you think can be influenced by the way you have humbled our soul. There are some of you, you have left your feeling to be reckless and your feelings are malingering like a dog that have been opened. Like a, a, a cat or an animal in a cage that have been opened. It goes, hey, why? Why? Because there is no control. We have so many Christians whose intellectual capacity has not been connected to heavenly purpose. Therefore, their intellect, it makes sense, but it is spiritually useless. They are logic. Say logic. There are things in the church that are sensible but spiritually nonsense. Praise the Lord. Few things to understand about fasting. When you fast, it changes you. It doesn't change God. When you fast, it begins to moderate you to conform to the things of God. So when you fast, you don't change God, but you change yourself to be moderated, to be controlled, stabilized in the way to connect with heavenly purpose. Fasting increases our spiritual capacity. Fasting brings habit and spiritual bondage under control. There are certain habits you have that you have to bring it under subjection. You have to bring it under the influence and dictatorship of heaven. Not under the rulership of this world. Your feelings have taken control. The slightest things you get annoyed. The slightest thing you are, you are busting out uncontrollably. Are you not a Christian? Fasting quiet the heart to hear God's voice. 
In other words, it is fasting that draws us closer to God. We have so many Christians whose souls have not been subjected under control. They call scriptures, but their soul is not under subjection. I've got 10 minutes. In the, I, want to, I, want, I want you to understand that you have to make, pray, you have to make prayer, and as I spoke last week, and also you have to make fasting your lifestyle. Tell your neighbor, make fasting your lifestyle. The way you spoke to that gentleman, you would have spoke differently if it was under subjection. We have so many Christians who tell you now they are busier than as ever before. They can't make time to pray. They can't make time to fast. It is time for the church to humble their soul. In Leviticus chapter 16 verse 29 to 31. We have what we call the Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur in the Jewish custom was a time... They afflict, they, we call it, they afflict their soul. Let me have the verse number, the verse number 29. They call, they call it afflicting the soul. Afflicting the soul is a way of bringing the, the soul under world. Subjection. When we say young people, it is a time of fasting to humble yourself. Tell your neighbor, humble yourself. So this thing I'm talking about is not just done by the Old Testament. I'll prove to you the New Testament. Jesus Christ himself was a fasting machine. When was the last time you fasted? There is a seed in your hands. It could be money. It can be resources. It can be a relationship. It can duplicate and multiply. After you have engaged in this spiritual weapon, it will cause a turnaround. God has placed many seeds in our hands. But it is not reproducing because our emotions are uncontrollable. Praise the Lord. Few many years ago, I went to a church. Do the program. When I went there, there was one lady there who said, I was looking at the Bible. And when I was looking at the Bible, standing the Bible, myself and one member of this church. I said, I said, it's a beautiful Bible. And this lady said, Do you like it? I said, I love it. He said, do you want to take it? I said, yeah. He said, have you been a Christian for long? I said, not too long. Not too long is subjective, isn't it? He said, not too long. Are are you a Christian? I said, yes. Later on, this lady got to know that I'm a pastor. And because of that, she got upset. And didn't want to talk to me even up to date. It is not not in the market. It was in the church. It was in the church somebody mistakenly stepped on your toe. And what we experienced, it was like we step on the legs of the devil. Precious one, because souls are not under control in the church, the devil has come into the church with pride. Somebody look at you and you can blame the person. The way you look at me means you have something against me. Don't talk to me. Offense have taken root in the church. Why? Because souls are not under control. Hallelujah. The Bible said in Psalm 109 verse 24 to 25. Look at what David said. He said, my knees are weak through fasting. And my flesh faileth of fatness. I became also a reproach unto them. When they look upon me. 
they shake their hair. Dan, David was a fast, he fasted. When you read Joel chapter 2, verse 12 to 13, the Bible said, Is it therefore also now? Is it therefore also now? Said the Lord, He said, Turn ye even to me with all your heart. And with what? And with what? Who told you God wants only your heart? He needs your soul to be under control. And with weeping and with what? With mourning. Precious one, God wants you to humble yourself. Marriages are breaking. Relationships are breaking. Pastors are quitting. Members are quitting. Because your soul has lost control. You want to forgive? It doesn't just happen. There is something that happens in your mind. When you have to hold on. When you have to. Listen. You have no idea. Do you know somebody can hate you for no reason? The Bible says for no cause they envied me. You, 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 you are finding a reason. You have a reason why you can't forgive the person. So you think it is justifiable. No. Said things doesn't. Jesus didn't say forgive them because he was a son of God. But because he's got his soul under control. If you want to wait upon God, you don't just wait upon God in prayer and your attitude is not godly. No? These things doesn't just happen. You fast to... Before, I used to find it difficult to forgive. Because I reflect upon the reason. I find that... I find that, re- that why must the person do this to me? I was the one who got you the money. I was the one who paid for you. I was the one who opened my doors for you and you entered and you stabbed me at the back. Why must you do I, I want I, I don't know why they did that. And you don't need a reason to forgive somebody. You just forgive because you don't know what. Listen, there is something I heard. Unforgiveness, you know what it does. Uh, let, let me pray. I feel like I don't want to talk about it. But listen, do you know something? You are a nice woman. You are a nice man. When you met your wife, she was beautiful. Her behavior was nice. Your husband was nice. But unforgiveness made your husband to change. Your husband, naturally, he's not a monster. But because he has decided not to forgive you, his behavior has become a monster. So unforgiveness will change your real identity. You are Jesus, but because of unforgiveness, you have become a demon. That is what it is. That is what changed Lucifer from becoming a wonderful person to an ugly person. Why? Because his soul was not under control. Tell your neighbor, get your soul under control. You have learned so much now when you come to church. You are so intellectually inclined. You are so knowledgeable into doctrines and and, and theology, nematology, and everything. So now when you come to church, you think everybody is at your level. Humble your soul. That is why the doctors, some doctors have learned so much, the lawyers, and they have learned so much. Then they have allowed their soul, their intellectual capacity to go the other side and they think there is no God you have learned so much that when you became sick and, and I told you you will be healed you are calculating what the doctors told you 
So you are refusing to receive in it. Your soul, your intellect is too. That is why sometimes you can know so much that it becomes a problem. Praise the Lord. Let me move on. Let me, let me, let me just move on. I'm, I'm finishing now. The Bible said that look at what happens. Esther, in the book of Esther chapter 4 verse 13 to 17, you know the story already. Now Esther was going before the king. The king is operated, he operated by his feeling, by his soul. And the Bible said that Esther said, I am going into an atmosphere where the soul operates. I know I am getting fearful. I am getting so anxious. But I will fast. Myself and my servant will fast. The whole Jew people fast for me. So that my soul will look at things from a different perspective. When he went before the king, there are certain atmosphere you have entered because your soul is not under control. That is why they said what they said to you. There are things you have approached in your life that if you have brought your soul, that is what I like about David. When the souls of the Israelites was going haywire, David said, I have come to you under, under the power of my soul control. He said, you uncircumcised Philistines, you will die like a dog. When they are looking at the physical pocketude of Goliath, David was seeing a dog. When you bring your soul under, under subjection, that is when, when all men say there is a casting down, you will say there is a lifting up because you are seeing differently. You are thinking differently. You are willing differently. Everything about you is gone. Don't just pray. There are people who pray, but their behavior is not synchronizing with heaven. Jesus, our best example. The Bible says he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Tell your neighbor fast. In Acts chapter 7, verse 9, the young Kippur, what we call the young Kippur, the, the Jewish system of fasting and, and humbling their soul, is in Acts chapter 27, verse 9. They call it the day of atonement. When was the last time you fasted? Fasting is not abstinence from food. Fasting is abstinence from food and focusing on God. So those of you, I was asking the instrumentalist yesterday, I said, do you fast? Uh, where, is, where is my boy? He looked at me and said, Pastor, even when I was coming from the house this morning, I've not eaten all. So I'm fasting. I said, this is not the kind of fast I'm talking about. Amen. You want to play the instrument like David. I just told you David was a man of fasting. If you want to play instrument, I remember many years ago when I became born again, there was a man, a boy in Nigeria. I was told the church in Nigeria. There was ushers who could fast and pray. When they wipe the chest, demons cannot sit on it. There are people that sweep the church and where the broom passes, you stand there and you can't cross. Why? Because they are spiritual. You want to sing for people to receive healing and miracle? You have to be a fasting machine. I can't go on. It goes on and goes on because of time. In Romans chapter 15, you have to fast. Tell your neighbor you have to fast. 
And now from now, every Friday, the end of the month, the last Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Friday, we are fasting. Every Friday to the end of the, of the, of the, of the year, we are fasting. It's not fasting for me, fighting, fasting for yourself. Amen. Romans chapter 15 verse 4. It said, for everything that was written in the past, the things I've told you right now, was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might what, have hope. These things have been told, have been written in the Bible, not for you to know that Jesus fasted or to know that Peter fasted, but for you to also learn how to walk. Fast. Stand on your feet. It is about time the church begin to fast. It is about time you begin to be conscious of yourself. You can't forgive that person because your soul has not been... If, them, if you fast one and it doesn't work, fast two. If you fast two days. When I started fasting, I couldn't fast for one... I couldn't fast for two days. I couldn't fast for one day. I started fasting from 6 to 8 in the morning. I started from morning 6 and I break it at morning 8. Do what your strength can do for you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I said I did one. The overnight fasting I did. It, the night was, it was like they prolonged the night. The morning was not coming. I did one. I move on to two. I move on to three. There are benefits that comes with it. If you don't partake in it, you can't enjoy it. Place your hand on your chest. Say, Lord Jesus, give me the strength to fast. Give me the strength to humble my soul. In the name of Jesus, give me the strength of God. Give me the strength of God that I may receive strength from above in Jesus name Amen I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that we will become partakers of this spiritual journey I pray God that may we begin to enjoy the pleasure that comes through fasting Father this is my desire that we want to fast we want to humble our soul that we will not act like Peter whose soul was not under subjection when he cut the ears of the soldier we don't want to fight when we have to hold on give us strength that our life will become a testimony in Jesus mighty name Amen